What is going on, everyone? Howdy-do. You are listening to the Playing On Podcast. My name is Carl Markowski. Thank you for joining me. This episode is brought to you by Charm City Paintball. Mr. Mike Thompson is right now currently at the Tampa, the 10-man open down in Tampa, and he has a, a good plethora of headbands with him right now that uh, that he has available. Um, like I've said many, many, many times on this podcast before, I am very proud to be partnered up with, uh, with Charm City uh, just for the simple fact that the product that Mike puts out is ridiculous. He has just top quality, top notch stuff that custom, um, custom sewn things that he's put out. He has, he's always looking for that next kind of, uh, innovative, unique camo pattern that, uh, that really catches the eye. He's doing a lot of, uh, a lot of self anno right now too, where he's got some, uh, some different self dyes that he's working with. Looks really, really good. And if you head over to his, uh, his Facebook and or Instagram, you can check out everything that he's cooking up in his little little crazy lab of his. But um, yeah, check him out, Charm City Paintball on Facebook and Instagram. Let him know that Carl from the Playing On podcast sent you over there. We are also brought to you by CBD Superstore Melloveo. That's M-E-L-L-O-V-E-O dot com. If you were looking to at least for me, what, what CBD does for me is it helps me focus. It, it reduces my anxiety. It helps out with pain. I have a huge respect for what, uh, what Sam is doing over there. Uh, they're, they're manufacturing everything themselves. It's not a third party. This is, this is all them. And he puts his blood, sweat, and tears into this. I love the salve. Uh, 100%. I throw that stuff on my knees all the time. As you know, I'm a front player, so I like to go crazy in the snake and wreck my body whenever I'm on the paintball field. So his uh, his salve works wonders on the knees, on the joints, and really anything that you slap that thing onto, it's uh, it's going to help out. And it's 100%. It's natural. It's, it's amazing to use. There's really no side effects that I that I've heard from CBD some people uh, say it doesn't affect them as much but I know there's always great positive uh, reviews anytime I I recommend uh, the product to anybody so if you want to try it out for yourself make sure you head over to melavio.com and if you type in the promo code capital capital T-P-O-P you'll get 15% off your entire order so check it check it check it out um but yeah thank you to our sponsors huge shout out appreciate the support thank you very much this episode is with mr cody mikowski he has come through the ranks and played for teams such as uh aftershock trade my gun outlaws and now he's killing it with infamous they're building a new squad over there and uh cody is a huge part of it uh, he's helping out Midwest Paintball. He has the infamous, I believe it's semi-pro team uh, up there in Wisconsin. And he is he's always putting in the work, man. He's just one of those blue-collar guys that just knows what to do. Nothing fancy except for good hard work. And it 
it comes through, man. He's one of the most, and I've said it on the podcast, he is one of the most underrated players in the game who can play anywhere. I mean, you'll he's kind of more of a, of a two or a three if you kind of watch him play, but you'll see him go into the snake. You'll see him play front on the Dorito side. He's really just an all-around weapon and has always produced no matter what jersey he has uh, he's thrown on. But uh, great guy, awesome friend, and amazing athlete. And I'm, I'm so glad that he's kind of hitting the stride. And, uh, and it does not come without, you know, hard work. And we've, we've always, always preached that in the Midwest, uh, anywhere. It's, you you got to put in the work. You got to put in twice the work because you're competing against those guys who can play all year round. So you got to find the fields. Um, you got to find the time. You got to find the will. You got to get out there and play. So uh, had an awesome conversation with Cody, and I'm sure you guys will enjoy it. So here it is. But uh, first off, thank you very much for doing this. I appreciate it. Absolutely, man. Thanks for having me. No, dude, uh, for sure. I mean, it's been a while since I've seen you. ICC, we got to play together. Yes, yes, we did. Or, so did that we? Was the last. Well, yeah, an infamous. Well, I I can't remember. I couldn't remember if you were. Dude, my memory is so terrible. I couldn't remember because yeah. I remember, um, I remember the soya for hundred percent being there, but he was tired mostly. Yeah. No, I played. I played behind you in the snake. <laughs> That's right. Okay. That's right. And so, you know what game really grinds my gears is that dynasty game in like semifinals yeah. or whatever it was. Yeah, when oh, Blake man. Blake got into like the third Dorito like off the break and made our life heck. Well, it was that, and uh, Arturo got in the snake 50 really quick, and I think he shot a couple guys uh, cross-field before I I traded out with him. Yeah. What are you going to do? It's one of those paintball that's stories. That's it, man. Right. That's painful. <laughs> Chalk so, it up to another story. So when are you coming back? God damn it. I know. I, 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 I think about it all the time, man. I really do. And I'm, I'm kind of sort of in talks with uh, Pando uh, down at Level yeah. Up. Yeah, is how far is he from you? About two and a half hours. Oh, so not bad at so, all. No, not bad. Definitely a lot easier than four hours to Chicago. Right. Um, but the, the thing is, is that, I mean, the whole, one of the biggest things is obviously the pandemic, right? The virus. So so that's one of the biggest things that my wife and I are, are really looking at because we've just known a lot of people um, just getting it and just you know, still people are acting like nothing's going on and just, it's, it's really tough. And I, I, especially at the last event at world cup, I guess, um, it was really tough to justify traveling all the way down there and then say you're going to social distance. And then it's just, it's, it's tough, dude. It's, it's paintball. Yes. You guys are socially distant from each other, but at times you're going to be like in the moment, not caring what's going on. And it's like, I just don't want that kind of a lack of attention be kind of what I don't want to say damns my family but like I just don't want that yet so I'm kind of right. waiting to see like where we are you know in a, in a few months and kind of just seeing where it is but that no, and then just yeah just being away don't you work in the trades I do I, I, I'm a uh, I'm a, a plumtrician plumtrician got it I mean <laughs> as soon as you master one you kind of get <laughs> like we reeled into the other ones so mm-hmm. um 
but is it more commercial jobs or mostly yeah so yeah. that's a little bit better than like in and out service calls of people's homes and yeah, residential is not the greatest because it's it, it, commercial with commercial you can at least go the role of like the customer isn't always right and yeah. and be fine with it and be able to explain to them but like once you get hit residential it's it gets really tough because we did a couple residential jobs just because we for some reason the customer came to us and bought a pump that was way more expensive than what they actually needed but they insisted and we sold it to them and then we had to service it and then their whole system is all fucked up and we had to go so it's big long story and yeah it's just kind of not worth the headache so we're more commercial that way are are you in the trades as well a vending machines oh that's right you've been doing that for a while though yeah yeah it's good it's a good gig vending machines like servicing vending machines or like you own vending machines everything i buy them i sell them i trade them i service them i fix them i stock them yeah so i own i own like 250 now holy moly that's the way to go dude so yeah it's a good gig you know we do all right with it work my ass off there's no doubt about that right um you make your own hours yeah nah sure kind of whatever that means (laughs) i get up at 345 every day (laughs) so jeez um but no it's good and and like the whole business will be paid off in five years. Oh, nice. So, like, I'll be cru- yeah. cr- cruise control then. <laughs> so, it, so it's your business? Yeah. Now, do you have anybody underneath you, or is it just, like, a solo kind of thing? So, so I got I had my own one for, like, six years, and then a year and a half ago, I partnered with a guy, and we bought out, like, a larger one. Right. So, so I do have a partner in it, and uh, then we got, like, one dude that works for us part-time. Um, but, uh yeah man it's it's a good gig it pays the bills and stuff and right uh yeah we just take take it as it comes yeah. that's really what <laughs> yeah. it is how'd you get into that was it just kind of like uh you were at a you know well i guess i have no idea how did you get into that paintball well i mean paintball it's like everything else in our life right true uh i was helping out this young kid at the paintball field and the dad who owned the old business he came up to me and he's like hey man you need a part-time job? I could use a guy helping like to fill vending machines. I'm like, yeah, I'll give it a try. So it was a part-time job to a full-time job to uh, start your own gig to buy out a couple businesses and have a big one. Wow. That's <laughs> so, insane. Yeah. Yeah. So it's you know, full circle. Yeah, but also logical, you know, because yeah. there's so many people that play paintball, and everybody who plays paintball does other things. Uh, do Wait, other things? hold on. Pro paintball doesn't pay for everything. <laughs> the truth <laughs> finally comes out. But, you know, there was a period, uh, I've said it before on the podcast, there was a period um, during the 07 to mid 08 season where I was actually a paid professional. And that's yeah. all I did. And <laughs> during my 14, 15 years I'm playing, bro. It's like that one year and a half. I was actually considered a professional player, which was, you know, it, you know, I, I've said this before too. It's, you know, we always, so we have these steps of turning pro, or at least, at least I did, right? It was, uh, it, you discover paintball, you then just because I am, you know, naturally kind of uh, wanting to test myself and challenge myself. I want to be the best that I can be in, in any given whatever it may be. So I try and do that. Then I realize that there's a professional um, side of it. 
I want to become professional. Once you turn professional, you want to be like, oh man, I, I now want to be paid to do this. You know, and you try and you figure that out and then you just go through these different stages. And, you know, when I hit that stage, I was like, man, this is, this is awesome. This is really cool. But also, you know, when people think too, you know, oh, you're a paid professional, you just, you have it easy, this and that, but you have a very big responsibility on your shoulders because it's not, you're not just paid to like show up, you're paid to perform more right. than anything. And it's, you know, it, there's a lot of responsibility behind that, uh, behind that paycheck or what, however you are, you know, uh, paid, but there's, there's a lot more to it that I think than what people think. Yeah. And I mean, that's any profession though. Right. You know, I, I could just tell someone, Oh, I just fill vending machines for a living. <laughs> yeah. There's so much more to it than mm-hmm. just filling vending machines, you know? And like you said, paintball side of it, you know, the travel, the conditioning, the, uh, practices, the teamwork, you know, every, every aspect of the game. Yeah. So I, I do wish at some point paintball would be able to synthesize like players in like the prize package format though. Mm -hmm. It's like the better you perform, the more you get paid, you know, on like NFL contracts you hear about all the time. Like, Hey, if you throw for this many passing yards this year, you're going to get this big bonus. Right. But Maybe someday. Yeah, that's the tough part, and that that almost comes down to just the individual contracts between the players and the and the team owner. To where it's like, okay, well, it, it, you are at that point, you're you are item A, but you're also your own lawyer for the most part, at least for right. you know a lot of people Agent, that I lawyer. Yeah, you're yeah. everything. You are fully represented by yourself. So it's like you're doing all these negotiations too of like, hey, well, man, you know, I think I did pretty good last year. I think let's talk about 10 guns. Let's, you know, blah, 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 whatever it is now, you know, nowadays. Um, but it's it's so, man, it's so like backstreet, like alley stuff. Yeah. At least yeah. the stuff that I had to deal with. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, I in terms of like eras and timelines, you know, I turned pro in 2008 uh, so that's 13 years ago now. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, like you said, you had that one like year and a half period where you actually played professional paintball. Um, and that was your living. Yeah. And for me, that's never been the case. And uh, you realize at a certain age, you're like, man, if I ever have family and kids and stuff like that, like this is not the uh, <laughs> not the answer. Yeah. But uh, it's the experiences and the stuff you get from paintball. Like I talk to people every day that have been on an airplane, you know, once or twice in their life. Mm-hmm. You know, my oldest daughter's probably been to, you know, 15 different States, how many different paintball tournaments, right. like, you know, everything. And, and I, she's going to be 10 years old in April. So it's like you have all these experiences and different things that you get to live for and mm-hmm. experience where other sports, you don't have that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think, uh, a big thing that I'm very envious is that you get to take your family because I would love to be able to travel with, it would be so much easier, at least on my wife is if we were able to travel and bring the family along and have them, you know, experience this thing and not have it be like, okay, well, daddy's leaving for another four days and right. it's just her to kind of hold down the fort. Um, whereas, you know, having, having the whole crew and having them cheer you on and, and, and luckily Sam, um, has been also around paintball too for a while, so she kind of knows the you know the game plan, and um, it's just it's just very cool to see the the crew that you guys uh, you guys take around and your your little cheering and, squad. And, and Sam takes 
she does it all right. She she does books all the travel. She takes care of it. I really don't have to worry about anything. So she's absolutely <laughs> so you really got awesome. <laughs> she's absolutely awesome about that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but like the coolest thing that like only people in the industry would understand when you start bringing kids around and stuff is how many of these uh, friends and teammates and people in this industry that will like take out that reaching hand and be like, Hey man, you know, I'm uncle Carl here to hang out with your kid <laughs> for a minute. Like, yeah. And, and it's super cool. You know, it is. And you know, you hear about, uh, uh, you know, Thomas Taylor and you know, he's got a tribe of kids too. And we're infamous <laughs> with the infamp thing. And right. you know, we're, we're making bets with each other's kids, uh, over like 49ers <laughs> and Packer games. Right. You yeah. Know? So it's, it's just one of those things that it goes with you, you know, on and off the field. So, mm-hmm. Well, it's super cool. It's it's awesome that something that you're you're very passionate about, you can involve, you know, the family and the the family can have that experience with you, and um, you know, especially now because you know you're you're a little bit older now in your uh, in your career in paintball and and I would say you know at uh, almost the prime of your game, I feel uh, you look good, you're playing good, um, and it's. It, you can just tell by somebody's posture, right? And just kind of how they how they carry themselves on the field, like where they're at, I feel, in their game. You can kind of tell, you can kind of tell like a, a rookie or divisional player, not just because they're sloppy or whatever, but just kind of how they carry themselves. And you can see the way the professionals carry themselves and where they're at in their career. And it's just cool to see kind of where you're at. And I've always considered you a, a threat on the field. I, don't, I think you're one of the most underrated players um, to play the game. Uh, and I'm not, that's not, that's a compliment. I'm not trying to like downplay you whatsoever, um, because as far as a gunfighter goes, I, th- I think you uh, I think you're on point, um, and it's just uh, I don't think you get the credit that uh, that you deserve. Um, well, I appreciate that, man. Yeah. Um, you know, in paintball, like we were just talking, you know, you got to be your own agent, you got to be your own lawyer and stuff, and certain things, and you know, the the self promotion with like internet and Facebook and Instagram and all that stuff, and you know, that's not really my thing. You know, I'm just a blue collar farm kid, right? I grew up <laughs> working on farms and stuff. And, uh, you know, what I see people do with media, like blows my mind because I am like media inept, right? I, mm-hmm. I even to get on this call, I'm like, Hey Sam, you got to like set this thing up for me <laughs> because I can't do it. I barely know how to take like a photo on my cell phone. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I mean, it just, the the sport and what it's become the ability to see some of these guys bring it to like every facet of their life is awesome you know and and the technology and stuff like that and it's just not necessarily my jam right so yeah i just go out there i play paintball and um you know saying that like i've just hit my prime you know i felt like i've always been a super talented player um but in the last probably two or three years i've really grasped like the leadership role mm-hmm. and how to make those other players around me better too. And I feel like that's like been one of my big breakthroughs as of late, you know, yeah. um, be, being the best teammate I can be and then helping push those guys in any situation to help myself get better and my whole team. So that's been uh, a cool learning thing that I feel like, you know, paying off. Yeah. It's, it's a cool role too, because I've, I've kind of played that role a little bit. Um, and, and I think when someone like you, you, 
it might be someone from the outside might see it as like a lot of responsibility on your shoulders but i bet at least from my experience it's natural it almost it almost feel especially like where like i said before like where you're at in your career it's almost natural to like want everybody around you to be like you're not you're obviously wanting to get better every time you step on the paintball field that kind of goes you know obviously with everybody but there's a point where it's like okay like i know i can sharpen my sword but i'm more worried about everybody else um kind of being on their game and making sure that they know that i have their back and being able to kind of chess piece the players on and off the field and just make it the most smooth flowing because like we've we've said this before and you know you know playing as long as we have it's like a hundred percent it's full circle man you can't just like step on the field and be you know and and be this great player and then off the field be this asshole and then expect everything to be just hunky-dory you know you, you have to have that full um that 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 full circle kind of ambiance of players and and you know aura whatever it is from from top to bottom to be able to really have a full team perform at their best uh, every single time yeah and you know like you said throughout their career you you run into different teammates that you learn stuff from different coaches different mentors different people that you've looked up to um you know from the aftershock camp to the outlaw camp to infamous here you know i've gotten to see many different guys in many different roles and um you know you piece it all together to what works best for you and try to make yourself the most all-around player you can be um with anything and everything people have taught you so um yeah it's just one of those things that like be a sponge you know you be the sponge your whole career and Mm -hmm. you know you never stop learning um yeah and you've you've come from a lot of uh sorry sorry to interrupt you um but you've come through a lot of camps too where it was like chaos uh at one at one end but then also super rewarding at the other on multiple teams um what is that what is that like to juggle? Cause I do want to go through your career, but I mean, knowing coming from the aftershock camp, um, and you also played for the outlaws, right. For, for a little bit there. Um, Correct. so we're obviously not talking about, uh, teams that have been on the top for like very long during our careers. Like, it's kind of like one of those things where it's like, you, you're great for, uh, an event or two or something happens. And it's, it's a re- real roller coaster. Um, how do you come out of that with a, kind of positive attitude and 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 approach infamous with a positive attitude on on wanting to move forward in your career i mean it's just the love of the game the love of the sport we play right you know uh if there ever came a point in my career with any team or something like that that i was not having fun anymore it would get addressed instantly because this is what it is it's the fun it's the escape right we we go out there we run around with guns and shoot at each other yeah. <laughs> you know you, you can't beat that right so um you know going through some of the years and you know some of the down years versus the successful years and yeah i've gotten the full mixed bag you know being a bottom of the barrel team to being one of the top teams you know uh on several different occasions so it's just one of those things that you know you see that you take it you learn from it um but like I said, why do you come out positive? Because you still better be having fun. If you're not having fun, you're doing something wrong. So, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, going back to like the aftershock days, uh, 
Now that was my first shot. You know, Rennick and Jeremy Salm gave me the opportunity to come and try out and make the team and play for them. And you know, I spent four and a half, five seasons there. And uh, you know, it started out as like the rebuild. Then it got really bad, and then it got really good. And you know, the final, not the final year I played with them, but the year prior to that, we had a really great year. You know, capped off with uh, or the two years period there. You know, a lot of PSP podium finishes. Um, you know, we took second at World Cup to one year and lost the Russians in the final. Um, and then the year after that at uh, Vegas, we ended up winning the seven-man world championships there. Um, and that was, like, you know, the first pro win. The, you know, it was against Dynasty in the final, so it was, like, the coolest thing ever. And, you know, you're like, all right, you know, this is all paid off. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was young you know i was a young kid at that time so you know you just get back to it and you're like okay one was cool like let's go win a series now you know and you just keep pushing yourself to you know go after other goals um but you know going into like the next stage of the career and stuff uh you know life personalities and you know i went to the outlaw program um to start something new what year is this so aftershock was 2000 like seven uh like the end of 2007 to 2012 and then uh outlaws was 2013 to 20 or like 2012 to 2015 i think yeah it seems about right so you left shock right Uh, when i got on in in third i got on in 13 correct (laughs) yeah yeah so you know um and the outlaw thing was Jeremy moved over there to coach the outlaws and bring up that program with trade my gun and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and he reached out to me to come and, you know, bring these guys who was literally a D three group of players and get them to the pro level. And we worked hard and, you know, it was, it was probably like the biggest learning experience for me in my career on how to help make other guys better, mm-hmm. right. How to teach them and, and bring people up to that level of play. Um, and, you know, it was a Fort Wayne-based team, and uh, I was able to drive out there, and, you know, it worked out well for my young family and everything going on. Yeah. Um, but uh, super cool, like, scenario. Mike and Jeremy treated me really well there. And, you know, to see some of these guys who I worked with to become the players that they are today was is really cool and, re- and rewarding in a way. Um, Fred Berkeley, who's you know, like the known name on the outlaws, one of the best players there. I actually got to play him in the ultimate shootout. And he was a guy that like, I really helped mentor and bring up and train with for three years straight. You know, he was, he was like the best sparring partner you could have. Mm -hmm. Um, He's one of those guys. I've I've said him, I said his name before and I've played against him for years too. And he's one of those guys that has the, one of the goofiest styles in the world, but it works for him. You know what I mean? It's like you, mm-hmm. you he could be one of those guys where you can watch him play and be like, all right, all right. Well, and then you get on the field and you get shot and you're like, what the fuck is going on? And he just, he owns yeah. his own. And it's, it's just, it's so awesome to see because I think so many people, he's another one. I think that people underestimate and he just clippity claps them up. Yeah, no, and he's he's a great dude, uh, super like mellow, like chill, you know, mentality. But then he gets on that field, and you know, it's game time. Like he, you know, puts on the game face and he plays hard, and mm-hmm. great dude. 
Um, but yeah, the outlaw camp, you know, the seven man league was like the NPPL, like resurgence league. And, you know, with the outlaws, we won a couple of those events at the pro division and oh, nice. uh, a couple back to back world cups for PSP, uh, and semi pro. And then that's what earned us our pro spot. I did not so, know that. Yeah. So it was, it was a really, you know, really successful run in a short amount of time there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, we went pro with them and the first season was rough, you know, brand new team. And, um, and then second season, I believe went a little bit better. Um, and then some things just changed and, you know, I got the opportunity to come to infamous and I took it. So, and then that's, you know, the start of Travis and my relationship with the team and the brand and, you know, everything. And, you know, when I first got on infamous, we were top tier team. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I think we took second in the series that year and I joined late that year, too. So it was a top tier bunch of good guys. Um, the next year was still really competitive and great team. And then uh, Infamous went through like a little bit of a rebuild. And now we're uh, we're getting right back to it. I'm really excited about this year going forward. So um, I was really excited about 2020, but, you know, COVID. <laughs> you know COVID. <laughs> yeah yeah it's cool to see yeah you guys are definitely getting some uh some firepower behind you um and, and travis is such a good guy he does so well with uh, with his branding and his marketing and and uh what he does for infamous and um and what he does for his players too i mean he does yeah. such a great job and he's such a good dude um what is it like working with and and playing for uh psalm because I know a lot of people have this preconceived notion about him uh, and, and his style, his coaching style, and just kind of how he is. How did you know? How how did you, how did you manage that as a player and be able to kind of work off of him? Because I I, f- I feel like him and Bruno are, are close, um, and you have to like understand and and you you know this with with Bruno and uh, and and you just have to kind of understand his gibberish and you have to like be able to take it in and decipher it. And, and it's like, he has to know how to coach you and you have to know how to play to his coaching style. Right. Is it the same thing for, uh, for Psalm? Uh, so Psalm, he was, he was my first opportunity, right? The first guy that believed in me and gave me the shot. Um, so instantly, like I took everything he had to say and did, you know, to heart and would work hard and you know do everything i can to do anything he said to do on the paintball field mm-hmm. you know um but i had you know four years of experience under him under shock and then another two to three years under the outlaws so there might be a chance that i probably played under jeremy some longer than anyone else <laughs> out there <laughs> um but uh psalm and i had a really good relationship um and he was one that would know how to push me mm-hmm. um, and typically he'd tell me, hey, I don't think you can do that. And then I'd have to go prove him wrong. Um, <laughs> so, you know, people see the guy that yells in the pits and this and this. And, um, you know, Psalm is a he is a old school mentality, uh, kind of like get get his point across in the way he knows how to do it. Right. right. And it, it might be like the ground and pound mentality a little bit, but it's his coaching style. 
And there's if you look at some of like the players that came through the aftershock camp when he was there, um, you know, it's pretty much it's quite the roster out there. Mm-hmm. You know, for like the Midwest guys that all play paintball um, for aftershock. So uh, yeah, he's he's an interesting dude though, and uh, I I still like seeing him at every event you know we always chit chat a little bit and he is just uh one of the old school characters that's still in the game and there's really uh slim left you know there's really not that many guys who had that old school mentality yeah so, you just gotta look for a tank top and a bandana and you'll find yep, jeremy there he, is. <laughs> there he is <laughs> um, but i mean you remember what it was like going out to the badlands uh you know in the 2000s and that era and that generation, you know, compared to now, I mean, it's totally different. Mm-hmm. So, Dude, yeah, Midwest paintball is in a weird spot. I feel. I mean, I I feel like paintball and paintball in general is having a, a nice resurgence from from my perspective, at least. You know, I'm I'm not in it a hundred percent. I'm kind of following here and there, um, yeah. watching more paintball than I have in the past and kind of keep my ears open and everything but it seems like there is a resurgence but it just i feel like the midwest is still kind of and maybe it's because it's december and it's the midwest and it's cold and you know it's kind of one of those things but i just i just i wish there would be more tournament players coming out and like wanting to actually grind i know there's a i know there's some players down at level up that are playing but it's like it's just the team you know, the team's going down there and playing, but you don't see any of like the divisional guys come out and play, but a small handful when we used to see, you know, how many full teams show up and, and, and put in the work. So this is the, the coolest part about my paintball career right now is like the Wisconsin infamous program that I teach and how active I am with the local scene now. Um, you know, I've been doing tons of clinics, tons of clinics with teams, tons of clinics with just players. Um, and it's probably been one of the coolest, most rewarding things over the last two years that I've been doing this. Um, so it'd be, you know, we had two complete seasons with my Wisconsin infamous program that I started and, you know, we're coming into the third season here and we just had a combine tryout at the siege paintball up here in Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. And, you know, 30 players show up all looking for teams there are six teams there that are looking to pick up players um and you know every saturday and sunday we got teams out there that's awesome they're playing and uh it's it's like you said a resurgence um you know you could talk about all the negative things of covid and whatnot and uh talking to some of the local field owners that i deal with uh often like virgil at blast camp and a door up at battlefield and dug at the siege you know they they had a great year mm-hmm. they recovered fully they crushed it you know um and you know this paintball is you know kind of social socially distant as it is um you know outdoor and everything like that but it was one of the only things people could do right um and the amount of dudes that i have seen that have been like yeah man i had a family i took a break for a couple of years and now i want to get back into it like I hear that like every week, I think, which is awesome. It, I mean, it, and it really is. So, yeah. um, but yeah, no, there's, there's definitely very cool things happen in our area. Um, and I think it's going to carry out in the spring and summer for this year and paintball could really 
like Midwest paintball could be restored. <laughs> yeah. Um, not, not that it's dead because there's still tons of teams in the area and stuff like that. But, um, you know, just to universally connect everyone and bring paintball to that huge practice scene and, you know, really putting all, put in the work to everyone get way better, you mm-hmm. know, and, and the true grind of paintball. So, um, it's crazy when for many years in this area, people are like, Oh yeah, we practiced hard this weekend. I shot a case of paint. Like nice man. Like that's not, that's not trying to get better. That's not drilling like, you know, different, different upbringings and different times, but I, mm-hmm. I see it come in full circle here. So, yeah. Now a case of paint for me, that's a lot. Yeah. yeah <laughs> it's a lot for me. Cause I'll, I'll like, I, how many, how many steps have you ran though? prior to shooting a, a paintball that's true i mean there's yeah there's a lot of steps <laughs> so quick story uh this is 2008 you're playing on avalanche i believe mm-hmm. and ppl yes and we're on aftershock playing against you guys uh you know in the good old nppl days when we actually couldn't practice field layouts and all that kind of stuff and uh, it's like the second point of the tournament and I, it might have been HB or whichever tournament it was mm-hmm. but I was playing the snake player and I dove in the snake and I got to the 50 and I'm like alright so I shot a guy on your team and then I shot another guy and then out of the corner of my eye I'm like no way and you were already on my side of the field <laughs> and like it was fast I'm like man and then we come off the field and I'm like hey how did he get there and they're like he went off the break and I'm like no way and I'm like, like, yep, he went off the break to, like, our Dorito. I'm like, yep, I guess that's why he's the fastest man in paintball. <laughs> uh, dude, I I have so many of those. There, there were fields where I would go and I would walk just moves like that, where it's like I kind of walk it out and be like, I could totally do this. And I, I kind of go back and just – and it's tough, too. I, I think what's even more tough is in seven man, I think the risk is so much greater. Because you only have those eight prelim games where it's like, and you know, and how many games on each field? There's probably only a couple games on each field. So it's like you kind of, you know, having taking something like a move like that and going like, hey, man, I, I, I'm pretty sure I can make this. And right. having a coach be like, well, you're either going to make it or you're not. So like, and I, I had to like really kind of think about those moves and, and be able to be. 100% positive that I can take that route and not take any heat or take that route and really not have anybody see me for the most part. And it was fun yeah. to find those. And, um, there was, it was definitely rewarding for sure. If I could pull it off. Yeah. And you know, uh, that year on avalanche, you guys, I don't know how you guys placed, but you guys were one of the top seven man teams for a period of time there. Yeah. Yeah. It was so, was it 08, 2010? I did. I was 07, and then half of 08, and Ed and I kind of had a falling out because I wanted to play both X-Ball and NPPL. And we just didn't see eye on it. And then the midseason um, is when I went with Travis and played on Infamous okay. uh, for half of 08 and then 09. And then I took a break from oh, the end of 09 until 13. Got it. Um, Got it. And uh, but yeah, I mean, I enjoyed myself. I loved playing for Avalanche. I really enjoyed myself on Infamous too. Um, we weren't as successful as I, as I would have liked, 
But I think at that time we were also going through like a rebuilding period. For some reason, right. I enjoy getting on teams. I don't want to say I enjoy getting on teams, but I seem to find myself on teams that go through like one or two rebuilding periods like the whole time I'm there. Got it. Yeah. Got it. What that's, are you going to do? Yeah, and that's a, one of the rough sides of paintball, but, you know, it's part of the game. Yeah. And when, when you have 20 pro teams that show up at an event, there's only one winner. Right. So. And you're all trying to win. And who cares about second and third and fourth place? Yeah, I don't remember that. I'm with you. <laughs> yeah. So what uh, – I'm going to go to the beginning of your career and, and kind of dabble on how you found paintball and then how you found tournament paintball and your kind of track up. We kind of talked about, you know, your your, your pro side. But, like, how did, you, how did you eventually come around to the paintball world? Uh, it's 13 years old. Uh hanging out with like the neighborhood kids the post lady drove by and dropped off this flyer in our mailbox saying like hey come try paintball at the siege paintball in mcwanago wisconsin we're like that's that sounds sweet let's go so that was probably like a wednesday when i got in the mail that saturday we rode our bikes to the paintball field and you know rented our tipman 98 and bought 500 paintballs um he had 10 rental guns at the time really? and there's there, there's one paintball field and we had a blast. I'm like, this is the coolest thing ever. Um, like I said, I was 13 years old, so I probably just spent my life savings on going to play paintball. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, never, never gave it up. Never. I, I was like, anytime I could, anytime I had a little extra money, I'd go and play. Um, I probably didn't take it serious till I was 15 or 16. Um, then I'm like, hey, I really, really enjoy this. Want to get better. Mm-hmm. And then uh, when I was 17. Um, I mean, from 16 and 17 here in Wisconsin, I'd play every single local tournament we had. And, like, back then, like, you could win guns every event. Like, you would win, like, brand-new Bob Long Intimidators and sell them for $1,000, and you only had, like, $100 invested in the tournament. Mm -hmm. So, like, I would do that every weekend as much as there was tournaments, you know? Um, And I'm like, this is is awesome. Like, I could just do this all the time. And then uh, playing some national events when I was – 17 uh team called uh well i started out with like the team siege you know at the local field and i went to a team called stinger factory team, you say team cheese team siege oh, uh, i, I thought it was a wisconsin ball. thing like team cheese yeah you know okay. we like cheese but um <laughs> no and like with stinger uh stinger paintball we won a couple uh nxls and d3 five man we didn't have, we didn't have enough guys to play x-ball mm-hmm. um but we won a couple events like that and i'm like hey I'm like, I'm, lo- I'm looking at some of these other guys out here. I, c- I could hang with them. So then I started driving out to the Badlands. And, uh, man, did all those kids hate me. They were like, who is this kid? Really? Well, and, like, it was a dream to play on Aftershock back then, right? Everyone right. wanted to get on Aftershock. And I'd show up at the field, and some of the local teams who all wanted to be there, they would just bonus ball me and shoot the crap out of me and all this. And I showed up for, like, three or four weekends in a row every day because I'm like, or every Saturday and Sunday. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm like, this is paintball. This is like where I want to be. This is what I want to do. And then Jeremy's like, hey, uh, I've seen you playing out here a lot. You know, what's your deal? I'm like, I just love paintball. I want to play better people. And then he gave me a tryout and then made the team. So pretty oh, much nice. like the simplest story ever. There and that's no, why they hated uh, you? Uh, because they they wanted that spot. 
right? So if Aftershock sure. was looking to add a guy, they mm-hmm. wanted that spot, and they were like the local Chicago dudes that have been training and playing for all this time. So I'd show up, and I'd bring down like one or two buddies from my Stinger team, mm-hmm. and we'd just pick up walk-ons or whoever. And my goal was to go and try and shoot three Aftershock players, right, every, yeah. every time. If, if we lost, I didn't really care because it wasn't like a team. It's just how do I get better? How do I play just you know, better people? Yeah. So then, like, when we didn't get the lineup against Aftershock, these other teams, they just would shoot. Like, I would get shot 30 times walking off the field every time. Mm-hmm. And it was just the upbringing. So, I kind of miss those divisional this, days, though, man. You know, like, that kind of that just grind through the divisions. Like, I remember just playing Division Two, and just the scene around here and up in Michigan and just kind of that, that whole just – everybody is kind of at the same spot right everybody's just kind of at that spot where it's like you're either going to go somewhere or you're just going to kind of grind it out in the meat grinder you know and you're trying to figure out your way you're not necessarily trying to figure out your way out you just want to be the best player that you want to be and luckily and maybe that was the whole thing with Psalm is you know he saw all these guys weekend after weekend doing the same things weekend after weekend thinking that they're improving but they're just they're maybe just falling over their feet doing the same things uh and then you come in fresh set of le- a fresh set of legs and <clears throat> you're not worried about that shit you're just worried about you know doing the best that you can against you know aftershock and shooting motherfuckers yeah and maybe that maybe that's what it was that, it, that you know he noticed you obviously you were you know how many other people come in there who have never played there before and they just show up and nobody you know gives a shit so there there was obviously something that you know, what what kind of headgear were you wearing at that time? Maybe it was that. Maybe it was a bright yellow headband or something. Uh, it was a black beanie. Probably the same one I still wear. <laughs> right, I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um, you know, like, the quick backstory with that, though, is, like, it wasn't easy. You know, I, I'd drive to the Siege, and, uh, you know, I didn't have much money, so I would shoot one paintball at a time, and, like, we would do target shooting like me and one other guy and we would like buy a thousand paintballs and like our big rule to each other was like we will not shoot a single paintball unless it's a snapshot so we would do a thousand snapshots every time i seem to have that same rule to this day (laughs) (laughs) but like you know and and we would just push push ourselves and like you know i'm i'm righty dominant so it's like hey we do eight left-handed and then two right-handed and like Mm -hmm. that's just the stuff we'd force it you know force ourselves to do so um i probably did drills and uh my best friend to this day his name is tom uh him and i would go up to the stinger place on thursday nights and no one else would be there and we'd shoot an entire case of paint at each other playing Mm one-on-one but like it was just a different work ethic different training mentality so like when we got down to the, the the badlands and started playing there like these guys tried to intimidate us or bonus ball is like we didn't care yeah whatever dude so um. <laughs> i have a i have a theory about the whole left and right hand dominance thing because at least for the people who who work on it who like would would do a day of like just shooting left-handed or just work mostly on their their offhand i think in our heads we we get comfortable on the side but then we we know that we have to work on the other side which i think ends up overworking our opposite side to actually become our dominant side with, with subconsciously without us knowing it right. because I feel like I feel like I'm right hand dominant but I feel like I'm 
pretty fucking accurate with my left hand, you know, because I've, yeah. I've, 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 I've tried to do that. But then I'm like, well, you know, I'm I'm right hand dominant. And but then I go to left hand and I'm like, I'm shooting guys off the break or I'm like making my snapshots. And I'm like, well, I guess I'm kind of just all hand dominant. I was like, we know that being professional players, you have to learn both sides. But I ended up being like I just worked one side, which I thought was a weak side, long enough to where I was like, I don't know. I guess it's just I can just shoot both sides pretty damn accurately. Right, and you know you always get that, like you said, that one snapshot where you like do it left hand. You only shoot like one ball at the dude, and you gog him. You're like, hey, that was pretty sweet. You impress yourself a little bit. My, yeah, <laughs> I thought that was supposed to be my bad hand. So yeah, right. You can do that all day. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I mean, it just the the drills and the the one thing now like going backtrack to like the my program and stuff that i run here um you know i didn't have that like direct mentor up here in wisconsin you know we were just you know high school buddies who like wanted to kind of like chase the same dream there was no one ever like that reached out to me and was like hey man i really like what you're doing like i can help you out so for me to be able to like give that to people now is like probably one of the coolest things ever. So, um, and it's a lot of fun doing it. It's, it's pretty rewarding on like a personal level and, you know, just about every one of my players that's played for me have been to my house for a barbecue or, you know, have met my kids mm-hmm. or, you know, something along those lines of, you know, the family and the brotherhood. So, yeah. And it's gotta be a full return for you, whether or not they take the advice you just having the opportunity to be able to pass on the information has to be has to be a, a you know something that is super rewarding. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know, looking at the siege too, where we play it all the time now. Like now, they have this huge indoor facility. They have all these outdoor fields. They run a very successful business and everything. And like starting out there, they had ten guns and like one paintball field. Mm-hmm. And you know, to watch them and be with them like the whole time that they've grown and. Um, now it's like, Hey, you want to run a clinic this weekend? Or, you know, there's all these different things that we're able to do differently versus when we started out. So that's definitely, uh, an advantage being a Midwest player. I mean, we all know our disadvantage, right? Is the off season, the off season and the first couple events, um, usually and having a place like siege, uh, at all. I mean, I think that's what Ohio is missing. Ohio and Southern Michigan is we, we have like zero fucking indoor fields anywhere i mean even even a paintball field in general from where i'm at in toledo um the nearest one is like two two and a half hours away so for an indoor for an indoor which is like it's doable but with a family on top of that it makes it just a little bit tough going that far no for a um for an outdoor field indoor field i think is even further um really yeah so it's like making that commitment in the off season is is super tough um and then on top of that, having it be regulation. I don't even know, is Siege regulation size or are they a little bit smaller? It's not quite. Like, we can run five-man and stuff in there um, pretty comfortably. Um, but Poles? Yeah, it's uh, no poles. Oh, that's um, nice. Prob- I don't know the exact dimensions, but probably like 20 feet short on the length and 20 feet on the width. So you put the bunkers on the ends, it's like a normal field. Yeah. Just so. Fucking paintball's paintball. Dude, that's it. <laughs> yeah, dude, I've been I've been itching, and uh, the weather's been like been like up and down, and there's been some nice days, and it's just 
I got to get down there and get playing. But on those chilly days, dude, it's it's tough to get motivated to get out there and play when I'm looking. I mean, I could really use a nice indoor right now. Just just a little yeah. bit of heat. Maybe turn it up to like 45 degrees and I'll be fine. Yeah. I mean, the indoor does spoil us. Uh, I was outdoor doing drills with some guys I was doing a clinic with two weeks ago or three weeks ago now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's snow on the ground and, you know, ice underneath the snow. And I'm like, man, it's so much nicer in that building over there. (laughs) (laughs) But, no, we wanted to work on what we were doing. And there was a full team practice going on so we couldn't have the private time. And um, it was, uh, you know, one of those humbling moments where you're like, man, I got it so good here. (laughs) So, yeah, you know. Um, so the position that you play on the field, um, I would say is, is mid two to three at times. Obviously you can play one, two, um, as well, but did you kind of fall into that role or is that something that you just kind of hit off the bat that that was like, that's what you, that's where you felt more comfortable and most, uh, productive is in that spot. Or did you start out front and then work your way back? So I started out playing front Doritos uh, for Aftershock back in 08, um, you know, playing the one attacker constantly. Um, and, you know, some criticism I got back then was I was never like a true like game opener. Like I was, I had too much confidence in my gunfighting abilities that I would never like just do like a reckless run through to like break a game wide open. Mm-hmm. You know, everything was very calculated and everything was, you know, trying to out battle and, outsmart my other team rather than just like taking those instinct moves that you know some people get and you know go and shoot three guys with um so that was like really early in the career um for seven man i was always like the either like the second guy in the snake um because you typically have one or two like fast ready to go snake players in seven man um so yeah front player to start out and then in 2010 i got really good at shooting people off the break and jeremy is like hey cody you play back center now because <laughs> you're shooting a guy every time and I, I to be honest i don't want to say there was no drill or no certain situation that i was like hey everything clicked it was just one of those things that a field provided an opportunity and i ended up shooting a ton of dudes off the break one event and then that was that was the uh <laughs> the transition mm-hmm. you know so uh ever since then i've pretty much played like the more of a support role um but i doesn't matter where snake side dorito side um i constantly joke with people like i don't even i don't dive anymore um, i just typically run a gun everywhere um, <laughs> there you go. but you know th- that's the goal but of course i i have to dive and right. you know get down and dirty when you got to um it's always one of those things actually... where instinct kicks in and it's just right yeah and it's actually super fun at world cup this year um we were like the diamond, right? The 50 diamond at World Cup was a huge payday bunker. Um, and at practice, we did some like slingshot plays to like run me up there and stuff. And we went in the first match and we're in the team meeting the night before. And I'm like, guys, let's just send me off a break. No one will ever expect it. Like, let's just let it rip. And first point, you know, big tall dude just running snake diamond off the break. And uh, it was so much fun. Like, I'm ready to do it all the time now. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I, I mean, playing 
uh, th- throughout the career, like I said, that was kind of the transition. Um, and I think uh, advice to any young player wanting to come up to get involved in pro teams, um, you have to come into it with like the front p- front player mentality. Um, that is the biggest lack on most pro teams right now is those elite front players or elite guys who can really break open games and open it up. And if you want to get noticed and you want to get really good at paintball, like all that focus should be as an attacker. Um, because especially with like the pro ranks today, all of us like twos and threes on the field have 10 years of experience or, you know, pretty close to it. Right. So there's just that whole, uh, veteran side that these new guys don't have. So it's like your role, your job, if you want to, you know, get noticed and get involved, like go attack. And that's the, that's the mentality and advice I'd give to any young guy right now who wants to become a pro player. Yeah. I mean, the experience on the field is definitely from the back forward. That's for sure. Um, I mean, look at anybody, look at any team, any professional team out there uh, for the moment that is, you know, in the top 10 teams, if you want to say that you'll have your most experienced guys mostly are in the back um you know i thought about it too i was like if i do come back my do i do i come back as a front player or do i like kind of like work my way into like mid do i kind of hold off a little bit i was like ah, it's, it's what's gonna happen is i'm gonna do that shit and i'm gonna get into a situation where it's like you know that whole thing where a light bulb goes off and your your body and your instinct tells you to go fucker you know right. and all of a sudden it's like you fucking doing all this shit and you're like oh god yeah, but, you know, and different dudes and their different, uh, you know, playing styles and careers, like you you were always an attacker, right? You had the speed, you had the ability to make it to those far spots and read these routes and stuff like that. And that's that was what your career was based on in a way, right? Um, you know, going back to certain dudes over the years of playing paintball, there were certain guys who had just set identities on what they did on a paintball field. So, and if that's what makes you great, you know, you got to stick to that. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, well, and also I think, you know, to add to your, um, your advice on, on people coming up, you also have to make sure that you be as well-rounded as possible to not only be confident in, in a front position, but also be willing to fill shoes, uh, to do the work of, doing one-on-ones before and after to be able to know that you're going to be in situations like that and that you're going to be ready and prepped for it because, you know, players um, on your team are going to see that as well as, uh, you know, if you're coming up through the ranks, other players and other teams and other coaches are going to see that because results are going to show on the field. I mean, ultimately, you know, the work that you put in, we've heard this multiple times in multiple scenarios, whether it's in life, athletics uh anything the work that you put in is is really ultimately what you get out and if you don't put in that little that time and do those small steps that turn into big habits of no i have to do one-on-ones before i practice i have to do all you know five to ten one-on-ones before i leave the field and you can make those little habits uh become these game-changing moments because when something like that happens and you're a front a front player um you know a, a big example of that i think is uh silos cortez from the ironman um yeah. i think it was back in 
at World Cup. I mean, how many one-on-ones was he in and won? I mean, he there was a good handful that he was in and won. And I'm sure that he puts himself in those situations at practice, meaning one-on-one situations before or after practice. I'm sure he practices those. So don't try and be well-rounded of a paintball player and, 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 and be obviously have your specialty of, you know, if you're quick or if you're a good shot, work on that specialty, but, but be CeeLo signed up for the ultimate shootout. Oh, really? I mean, no, get him signed up. Oh yeah. There you go. Uh, no, that was one of the funnest things that we did this summer, you know, during the COVID thing and everything. And, uh, you know, I reached out to all my local pro friends and local divisional guys, and we set that up. And we did entire days of paintball, just one-on-ones. Yeah. It, and, yeah, you know, it had the buzzer system and everything in there. And uh, we actually didn't have buzzer. We just had cones we would go hit. But Did you have uh, to go beep, beep? You yeah. had to make the noise when you hit it? No, we did, like, kind of call it out. Like, oh, got that. You know, <laughs> or, um, but, you know, like you said, hold yourself accountable for – always trying to make yourself better. Um, so those days of one-on-ones was awesome. Um, to this day, I start every practice I can off with a, like a, it's like a take control drill is what I call it, but it's in your face. You're like only like one bunker apart, you know, it typically ends up in a lot of bloody knuckles and you get shot a lot, but, uh, you and that one guy just try to take control of each other. And it doesn't matter how many times you get shot. You just right hand, left hand up high, low, down low, you utilize the entire bunker and the whole point is to put the other guy in um, and it works snapping, it works posting, it works wrapping, it works every single aspect of your game Mm -hmm. uh, and it just, it gets the blood flowing and uh, some of my divisional guys who, like, we do this every single practice that we can um, and they they know what to expect, they know what they're supposed to do and then personally, I'll be like, all right, guys, who wants them and like, I'll stand on one side and do it with like, six or seven guys in a row until like my legs and I'm just gassed. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just like you say, you know, you got to drill that stuff. You got to keep yourself accountable and, uh, focus on every part of your game rather than just attack and make yourself diverse. Yeah. And it could be something even as simple as, you know, before, if, if the field itself changes the layout of wherever you play, um, constantly it's maybe showing up a little bit early but before you do drills on the field walk it even yeah. if it's a field that's just randomly thrown up because it's it's going to be one of those things where that that same situation is going to happen when the field layout comes out you're going to be on a field that you don't know that you have to walk so why not just every time you step on a field if it's different walk it like just make that a habit to be able to like no shots and no spots and if you can do that and make that a routine, you're going to see shots a lot quicker and you're going to be able to absorb that information a lot more. And especially as a front player, um, yeah. you know, to be able to get those spots where, you know, with the field layouts that are that are happening now are really kind of seven man esque. But they're also very quick due to like the big bricks and everything else that kind of blocks a lot of shit anyway. So you're going to be on on the 50s and on their side a lot. So finding all those spots and those shots is is huge and i i have been preaching this for a long time is i really wish they would do blind layouts again um did you see the latest announcement no so nxl just came out with their dates and i did see that 
So they have the four like big tournaments with the pros, semi-pros, all the divisions, mm-hmm. and the two, I guess what they're calling amateur uh, le- uh, events. Uh, I think the first one's in Dallas, and like the third or fourth one is in California. But those events will be blind layout events. So it's only division two, three, four, and five. So no semi-pro or pro. Yeah. Um, but they won't be releasing a layout prior to it. So I will be sending a divisional line there and I'll be going there to walk the field. And like, I'm like in a kid at candy shop. I, I, I know, right. To like show up and be like, dude, I remember these days, like, let's do this. Let's break this thing down. And I mean, anyone that played seven man in the old days would know, like you got there in the morning and you didn't leave till the sun went down. Yeah. Yeah. So walking the field and learning it as best as possible. And I know there's proponents for, um, you know, fields being released and everything and, and doing drills and learning the field and the best team will prevail out of this. But I, I feel like, dude, when you get a field that everybody is seeing it for the first time on that weekend, there's something special about it that happens that you you see the quick learning abilities of the true pro players, the, 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 the instincts that that happen. Um, and seeing everything and it's just fucking so much more fun walking a field. And I feel like, I feel like there's more, there's more camaraderie walking a field at an event rather than a practice and then just doing something fucking over and over again. I'm not, I'm not saying like repetition is bad. Obviously it's good, but I'm saying like being able to just figure it, figure, figure it out as a team on that weekend is I I think kind of brings everybody's attention to full forward because you have to either get it or you don't. And it's not like, well, uh, fuck, I guess we'll, we'll, let's try again next weekend. We got the layout again next weekend. So we'll just, we'll just fucking hammer it that next weekend. But no, like you got to figure it out and quick. And that's, that's what I enjoyed about the, about the layout. So that's, that's fun to hear. And like, uh, in today's day and age, too, there's a lot of players that will go to the paintball field right now for they'll go and they'll like at, at an NXL event and they'll go and they'll play their like two matches in the morning and they'll hang out till lunchtime and they go grab some lunch and then you know go back to the hotel. If there is blind layouts, you know you're going to be at that field from dusk till dawn. It's a because, perfect scenario because not only are you trying to like learn more and more stuff on what other teams are doing, but those big moves that will happen and you're like no one tried that and that worked awesome and if you miss it then how will you know how to duplicate it Mm -hmm. you know and like it makes every more every match way more fun to watch and exactly um, like biggest pet peeve in paintball and i i do it when we go to practice but bounce shots right we gotta go shoot bounce shots now It's miserable. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> terrible, but it, but a necessity. It's part of the game, right? Yep. It's a it's a part of the game now because you know other people are gonna fucking do it. Um, but it's yeah, it's it's a fucking necessity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's nothing so like there, there's nothing like wa- watching paintball in person. Uh, meaning, there's there's a place and a time for watching film, right? Go Sports does an amazing job. You get to see angles that you you normally don't get to see, but there's something about being up in the stands and watching players play and teams work together and in front of your eyes and watching 
plays just like being laid out right and and kind of watch it happen right in front of you is is cool because you can kind of I mean, you have this wide screen in front of you of, of your perception, of your eyes, and you're kind of watching both teams at the same time essentially kind of work their way through things. And you can, I'm always watching, like, players and, and the momentum of the of the game and kind of watching it and like, oh, he's going to go. Oh, he, he should go here. He should do this. While, you know, kind of you're only getting one camera perspective for the most part while you're watching film. And um, I just I, – I like being at the paintball field at tournaments in general just the the atmosphere itself kind of heightens everything and then you're in the stands with your team you're watching you're watching games you're you're writing down your own statistics whatever they may be uh it just brings the team also i think i feel like together that much more even though even you know you can say that for everything too like well being at the hotel and watching film and you're going over yeah but it's not the same it's not the same it's not the same I'm, i'm with you um one thing you said you like watching players play um, you know, when I watch matches, even to this day, like I'll look at guys who are playing the similar position that I'm playing or guys who are doing extremely well that event. And I'll watch what they're doing, like move to move to Tendencies. what they're doing in every single play to like really pick up on them. And yeah, I'm watching the whole game, but really with primary focus on certain players. Um, and, you know, like you said, like if it's a threat for like a team that you're going to play, hey, I got to shut that guy down, you know, you'll have that mentality. Um, or if it's a guy who's in a different bracket and doing really well, you're like, dude, we got to get our guys doing that, you mm-hmm. know. So um, when you break it down by, like, the step-by-step part of the game where you're, like, really focused on a certain position or a certain player um, and watching different people do it or watching that guy in different matches, um, it gives you a whole different light of what's going on in that game. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, maybe it'll go back. I mean, I, I don't think going backwards in that essence, uh, in in that kind of tone, would be a terrible thing. Uh, I think I think having more pro players stay at the field longer would, uh, as a team too, would would be great. Um, so something for you. What is something that kind of what do you enjoy doing on the paintball field? Like what kind of challenges you and, and kind of uh, gets you to a point where you kind of smile whenever you're on the paintball field is like, is it shooting somebody off the break? Is it a snapshot? Is it, is it doing a sneaky move? Like what do you enjoy most on the paintball field? My favorite thing is a one-on-one anytime like the, like it stalls out in a match and it becomes a one-on-one or that situation, you know, I get that instant smile or, (laughs) <laughs> like just excitement right you're like yeah. all right it's me versus this guy like and whoever wins this wins the point uh could win the match you know it's it's like one of those pivotal uh you know points in a match it mm-hmm. you know it could be a huge impact um but uh you know one on one's kind of like a basic answer you know other than that you know one of my favorite things to do is when you get an assist and especially like as of late um Callie who we played together a couple of years on Infamous him and I he's got his GoPro on and we're just at a practice but we have a call it's called catfish where you kind of like let the guy you know go so yeah. like you're baiting him and Callie goes up to like this 50 bunker and I'm on that zone so I'm keeping the guy contained and Callie's like hey Cody Cody catfish 
And I'm like, all right. And I just stopped shooting. And then, like, as soon as I stopped shooting, the dude releases and Callie shoots the guy. And, like, the call works, like, perfectly, right? <laughs> so, like, any time, like, you can add that element to your game where, like, something works exactly to a plan or you you have on-field teamwork that works perfectly like that would be like the one thing that like i get really excited about in paintball right now mm-hmm. um and you know when you see like the final product come together and i mean you've played pro many years sometimes at practices you try stuff and it doesn't work it doesn't work come the event time you and your buddy are out there and you're like hey man let's do this now and it works and then you're just like you know what i knew it was gonna work even though, like, <laughs> it did you know even though it didn't work at practice or something along those lines and it and it pays off because that opportunity presented itself yeah you know um and like you know in the pro ranks now like we typically pr- practice two to three teams prior to every event we go to like ac dallas or x factors field tampa bay damage we always go to warmer weather mm-hmm. climates um but we you know have a whole weekend against that team a whole weekend against another team and then you know the little session prior to the tournament itself um so certain plays and certain things might not work against those three teams but could work against 10 of the other pro teams out there right you know so um that kind of stuff and being able to adapt and bring that teamwork side of it to whether it's a call to make an assist or that play that you put that guy in and let your guy do that. You know, anything that's the, the big teamwork side of it would be like my big high and paintball. Yeah. Right having now. something like that come to fruition in a, in, a, in a big scenario, like on the big, you know, on the stage. Um, right. I, I do that so much where something tells me, you know, at practice, I just, something comes to my head. I'm like, eh, I'm going to try it. And I do it and it doesn't work. And it's like, man, it came to my head for some reason. I don't know, try it again. I try it again. Right. Get shot. God, there's, there's, some, there's something there. And I know, and, and Bruno, you know, isn't that? He's like, no, 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 no. You know, I'm like, there's something there, man. I'm telling you. You get to the event, you do it, and it fucking works out. And you're right. like, I knew it. <laughs> it happened. That happens so much to me. Um, because so, you just, pl- it's the feeling. Right. And playing for Travis, when we go practice, some of these teams will try a move and like we could get like destroyed, right? The whole point falls apart. Jeff's like, all right, let's run it again. I'm like, what? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, let's do it again. And then like we do it again. Same, same result. He'll be like, all right, if we're going to rule it out, well, we got to try it a third time. Right. <laughs> so, so it's like dudes are getting blasted and they're like, are you serious? Like, but it's, it's a good coaching style to have where, you know at practice where you got to rule stuff out or um like you said if you always have that feeling or that gut instinct you know rule stuff back in yeah i i think there's a truth in the play stays the same but the the situation changes um meaning at least my meaning uh, i would say that there's so many variables in sports when there's multiple people on the field, right? I mean, there, there's multiple things and multiple variables that happen that could change. Uh, because I can guarantee you that the very first time that you guys run the play, that's not going to be the... You might lose the second point, uh, just like you did the first, me- meaning you just lost the point. But let's say you only, you know, you guys shot a guy or two on the second one, and you actually lost the game mid-game rather right. than right away. So 
I think there's something too like coming up with a game plan and even saying that a game plan doesn't work. I mean, there's the obvious ones where it's like, okay, we're going to send four guys to fucking D1. Not the greatest game plan. But I, I think for the most part, I mean, there's some some high-level coaching that, that goes on on the top end. And I think that just because a play doesn't work at this particular moment doesn't mean that it's going to be thrown to the side. Uh, because everybody's so fucking good at the top end that really anything could happen at any given moment. And it's one paintball changes everything. That's what makes Literally paintball fun. Paintball. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so with the divisional stuff that I do now with coaching those guys, you know, sometimes I go out and I say like, Hey, literally the coach only controls 10 seconds of the point. Right. But it's the work that we've put in outside of that tournament and outside of that event that controls the rest of it. Right. How you guys adapt to different scenarios, how you communicate as a team, how you do all these other things is that coaching and that hard work we put in, uh, prior to the event starting that, you know, like you say, like constitutes the, like what's going to happen in that game, you know? So like you say, like the play could stay the same, but what happens after the play is what really like determines the fate of that match or, um, how you adapt going forward or whatever Mm -hmm. the situation is. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just coaching is getting so dynamic now where, yeah, they might call a play, uh, yeah, they might sub in personnel, um, but it's how you coach your players during the practices that make the big difference now. Yeah. Um, yeah and, and that's, you know, my opinion with that. So, yeah. And, and even even the, the multiple play thing, it's like, you know, just because you're going to run the same play two times in a row doesn't mean the other team's going to run their same play that that worked. They might change something up. So you're oh you're there's constant change happening. And uh yeah, dude, paintball. Paintball's fun. I would like to take like a paintball vote of like pro teams out there, and how many players call audibles during like you line up and you're like, you know what? I got a gut feeling they're going to do this play, and we call an audible on the box mm-hmm. um, to see how often it actually happens. Um, you know, because sometimes we build those in with like option plays and stuff like that. But I don't. I, I really, you know we do what we do on our team, but I don't know what happens on other teams. And then I also know that like, if I do change something because I have a gut feeling, if it doesn't work, I'm going to hear about it. Yeah. You know, it's like, all right, you're going to, you're going to roll the dice here. So, you know, it's one of those things that I would love to see like a paintball census of the pro teams and see how often, if ever, you know, audibles get called, uh, during matches. Mm-hmm. So I, I think there the, I think there is multiple times um, that we don't know it and we do it subconsciously. Meaning, and you probably back players and mid players more or less because uh, me as a front player, I'm usually going to spots where I'm running and shooting. In you know, I'm usually running and shooting towards the back center or, or what have you. But you guys being able to see who is running and and kind of determining who runs what what route you might be running a play where you're going to this spot but you see this guy lining up so you're going to change your lane quick to to oh this guy goes fucking far so instead of shooting for the corner you're going to shoot maybe for before the can because he goes high into that or something you know what i mean right so i think there's little tiny audibles that happen all the time um yeah and then it's really like you said after the 10 seconds it's completely in your hands 
Yeah, and I, I, I think like, well, and I agree with you when like the, the subconscious audibles, right, where you see like whoever it is running snake and you know their tendencies, so you're going to shoot that shot. But I'm always like thinking like the big, like the big time audible where you're like, guys, let's not do this play. Let's do this one instead. <laughs> and, you know, you're at like 12 seconds or 15 seconds because you see what line they send out there. Right. And you're like, you know what, this is their heavy shooter line or this is their you know go really far line or you almost know the, the play that they're gonna run correct yeah correct so um yeah and, and you know in today's day and age with like like you say the webcast and the ability to scout some of these teams like if if you're not doing that you know you are missing an element of the game so yeah you know you you, you need to take that stuff seriously and you know pro teams constantly change and constantly constantly adapt stuff because they're going to watch you as well right they're going to be like oh these guys do this they're going to change what they're going to do but um the player tendencies always stay the same yeah. so if you can scout that well then you know so you the edge up. well yeah yeah um what for you do you do first in a one-on-one do you check the clock or do you find the player find the player always um situational wise too like if you know it's running down on time um you know i do that subconscious like countdown too in my head Mm -hmm. um so typically if it came down to that i I would have checked the clock a couple times prior to it becoming a one-on-one gotcha um especially being in like the back position you know what i think would be cool would be which i think wouldn't really change the game all that much is on the scoreboard, the physical scoreboard itself, having a body count, having a five dot body count for each side. I don't think would be like a terrible thing. Um, just because I don't think the players really look up at the clock all that often, maybe not as much as, as it being there, we think they would. Uh, so I think having a body count up there wouldn't, I think would be a cool thing, but I don't think it would be like a super game changing thing because for the most part, I mean, the guys know what the fuck is going on, at least the, you know, the elite right. players, but I think it would be a kind of a cool thing to be able to look up there just at a quick glance and be like, okay, it is three on two. And, but you still got to fucking find them. I mean, yeah. it's not like it's going to give you their position, but you can at least have the G count right or wrong. The game changer is when that staff person <laughs> accidentally takes off an extra body or two. When he shouldn't. Right? That's what'll and make it completely like, like, do you trust the like, fucking clock? <laughs> right. Then you're like, all right, I see that we got two kills up there, and I know where these three bodies are, and you take off running, and then all of a sudden a guy comes out and blasts you, and you're like, that clock was not right. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, yeah, that, that would be one of those interview stories waiting to happen. Right. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I got a bunch of, of ideas that would be kind of cool little little things that you could integrate into the game. Just to like, I always thought too that you should have, um, along with the countdown and the the beep. But well, you guys didn't have a beep at World Cup, right? Until the, the go the silent beep. ten. Silent yeah. ten. What I also think would be cool would be like a light. So like, meaning. If you're on one side or the other, you're not always going to be able to like see the clock or uh, be in good position to like even see the scoreboard or, or what have you. But like on the opposite opposite 50 of where the, of where the clock is, have like a light that goes off um, also at the same time. So you can kind of like, like as 
I don't know what that would be an advantage of. Maybe that was for the beeps or something or for the car. Now that I think about it, that's not the greatest idea. Don't fucking listen to me. I have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, the refs do, do try to do like the arm signals where they drop their arms and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I actually had a player play for my divisional that was like legally deaf. Mm-hmm. And I would have to like go talk to the refs prior to every match and be like, hey, man. He's got a hearing disorder, so if you're gonna like pull him out, we don't mind if you go and like tug his jersey, but like he can't hear you if you're saying out from behind mm-hmm. him, you know. So, yeah, that'd be there's your light idea. There, player, there you go. Player eliminated. Here's your flashlight. Here was uh, an, another idea that I had was instead of the refs having flags because flags the football has flags, right? Is having refs have a yellow glove and a red glove. And then that way they can run at you holding up one or the other and you know exactly what's happening. Like instead of like you're like, oh, what's going on? Or like, why did I get pulled or this or that? And you kind of look around and, the, you know, the ref's going around pulling people with a red glove up or something or a yellow glove up. You know that a minor's happening or and there's no confusion about maybe what's happening. But it'd be kind of a cool aesthetic, too, of like. Yeah instead of a flag going up and going down and you look around you and get, rest are just you running gotta give them, You got to give them both, right? The yellow glove, red glove, and the flags so that the other team can see the flags. Well, if you have a bright red glove and a bright yellow glove and a ref is like... But see, the, here's the thing. if it's, I think it's, this, it's the same thing, but maybe the glove would have a better chance of other players seeing it because if you don't catch the flag going up and coming down... Um, you're just seeing a ref like run in and eventually see players getting pulled off. But if you see him running around with a red glove up, you know exactly what's happening. And I guess as long yeah. as he keeps it up while he's pulling guys out, you kind of know right. what's going on. But right. if he's just like, <laughs> and then he like goes and pulls people. But I don't know, just something. I'm just trying to think of fuck different shit, right? We've seen it all yeah. for so long. Maybe we have well, like horizontal stripes or something on the refs. Jerseys. Well, the webcast has done like you know, there's like the red bunkers on the one side and blue bunkers on the other side, and mm-hmm. you know they're constantly improving. You know, there's a lot of haters out there for the NXL and what they do, but man, they still give us the best stage possible. Oh, it's amazing. Right? There's yeah, it is, and I I see different stuff uh, every event that they've changed or like tried to improve on, and you know some things work, some things don't, but it's constantly getting better. Yeah. and better and like mm-hmm. we can we can do more than we've ever been able to do and i love it so i'm gonna keep showing up yeah <laughs> I, I mean by no means am i saying i'm trying to replace shit because it's you know it's insufficient or you know right. or whatever it's just because it's a fucking idea to try and change things up just because dude it, it, it that's what happens man every two years shit changes you know, new it's, new stuff comes out for the most part, and you know, there's usually new rosters and new players, and paintball's ever revolving, um, ever evolving in uh, in that aspect. Yeah, anything, anything in life. You so know, it's adapt or die, right? Adapt or die, motherfuckers. Is uh. <laughs> Is there like you have little nuanced things that you do before you play, or are you superstitious at all, uh, or you just pretty much show up and just make it happen? No, I kind of feel bad as like a teammate because I'm not like that hype guy or like the, 
you know, hey, motherfuckers, let's go. Like, that's yeah. not me. I'm just, I'm that calm. Uh, you know, the most, like, I guess the biggest prep I do besides like the normal, like warm up and stretch is just like to visualize. I visualize a lot of what's going on, you know, where, where my shots are, what I'm going to do. Um, make sure your beanie's you know, that, on. Yeah. Make sure my beanie's on. Um, yeah. I mean, that's, that's pretty much it. Like I'm, I'm just the normal average Joe in that kind of kind of category. So you don't wear crazy don't socks or anything or keep something in your pocket that normally, no, don't need two gallons of pre-workout or, you know, just, just, <laughs> just my morning coffee and like, let's go. So there you go. Yeah. I always have, yeah. I always ask players that because I wonder how many other players are like weird. Like I am, like I have, I have to, and it's the baseball side in me. Like I, I have to have in my left pocket or would it be my right now? Well, anyway, I oh, always boy. put my, I always put my barrel bag in my left pocket. So One. what happens if that zipper breaks on those pants? You never does. Get a new pair? Never does. Never will. No, <laughs> <laughs> ever. I make sure that it is in there. Um, but it would be my, okay. It would be my right side. So yeah, my, so my, my barrel bag would always go in my left pocket. It always had to, I would always have the same barrel bag from the beginning of the season until the end. I would make sure that it never hits the ground as far as like, some occasions, maybe it's like a quick, oh, we need a gun or whatever that will happen. But usually if we need a gun, I'll like take it off before anybody else does and put it in my pocket. There you um, go. But then in my right pocket, I'll have a uh, uh, a microfiber folded X amount of times and, and put in uh, a certain way up. Dude, I have all these weird things that I fucking do. So, I so what is what is X? Is it a fourfold, trifold? You know, what are we talking here? So it's a it's a twofold, so it'll be in half and then in, so it'd be quartered, I guess. So quartered in so my pocket, what, same one. So when you when you make your comeback, I have to like customize you a barrel sock <laughs> that's gonna be like super embarrassing and be like, dude, this is my gift to you. Don't let me down, and, I, and you're gonna have to use it the whole year. Yeah, I mean, I have no problem. I, I'll do that on my own. I'll use it the whole year on my own. You're like, you don't have to. I I initial all of my shit so that it doesn't get like taken. Like I, I'll initial the microfiber, and I'll initial like the inside of my jersey. <laughs> like I'm super fucking weird with all that. Like, the jersey with your name on it. You're gonna make oh, sure yeah. you initial it. Yeah, I'll nice. I'll initial it. Um, a lot of the markers. I mean, I get the- I get the goggle thing because you don't want to put someone else's sweaty goggle on. Oh, it's but... the worst, dude. It's the worst. I will, I will go out with a semi-foggy, like, sprinkled goggle rather than somebody else's sweaty condensate, like, all-day paintball breath. <laughs> I can't do it. I'm out. Yep. I'm out. Yep. Uh, but – or even, even somebody else's marker is super uncomfortable, like – I'll make it work if I have to go out there. Like if my if my LV takes a shit, which it normally doesn't, because I love those things. Um, but I mean, Planet Eclipse, best guns in the game. What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do, man? The, the LVs, dude. I, I still to this day will stand by those things. That they are just the smoothest and just butter. I love them. They're they're. Amazing. You just need to get like a little skull on your bolt pin, then. Oh, there you go. You know, mm-hmm. gotta rep the infamous a little bit. <laughs> I do. I still have. Uh, I still have my infamous jersey somewhere up here. I, 
and it's down there. But I, uh, yeah, dude, I just have a bunch of little nuanced shit that I do that is just kind of like I've said before in a podcast where like all the markers that I've owned, all the ones that I've owned and shot on a field, I take the battery out and I scratch in my initials so people know that that like that that's one of mine that I've actually had on the field. Cool. Um, and yet and I'm weird with jerseys. Like what I'll do is if there's too much padding on the inside, like the, on the eclipse ones, they come with like a microfiber kind of cloth on the bottom. I yeah. cut that shit off and then I would cut off right. all the padding on the inside because I'm one where I just like, just give me just a Jersey. Like just, I don't need anything on it. I don't need any padding. I don't need any special stitching. Just give me a Jersey. And that's why I'm so weird with even, um, I guess everything, but like headgear, it's hard for me to change headgear because I just, you get I so feel it. I feel it, dude. Yeah. I've had the same headgear. <laughs> so you are weird a little bit in that way. You have your headgear dude, that you have to. Yeah. There's like no, uh, no like stitching. Like my, my beanie doesn't even like, it's not elastic. Anymore. Fit my head anymore. <laughs> yeah. It just kind of rests there now. So if like if I like ran without my goggles on, it would just fall off. <laughs> so what's the story behind it? So like, how did how did you come across it, and 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 why is it so special? Uh, just we got it one year uh, through like a sponsorship thing or whatever. I'm like, you know, this thing's kind of dope. And then uh, you know, that was like the first one only made it like four or five years. So then one of my old homies gave me his one that he never opened. He never like wore, but it was from like the same team and like yeah. the same era and everything. So then I got that one, and that's the same one we've had. So like, there's, it, it, it might be Beanie Three to be honest. Actually, I'm not exactly sure, but it's been the same beanie the whole time. Yeah. It used to be like a little Empire like visor hat thing, but the visor's been gone. For, yeah, because it has the yeah. open. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So it just, it's just the headgear. <laughs> what about the uh, the headband underneath? Uh, just a sandana. I don't even know what model or whatever, <laughs> but I got sweet. it way back in like 2007 at a world cup, you know, and I'm like, all right, sweet. So kids will pay yeah. fucking $500 for those things. Probably. It's insane. So, and we paid 20 bucks for it. Like back, right. <laughs> back then. Um, yeah, the, uh, the beanie that I actually wore that I've worn ever since 2009 I believe it was eight or nine I've worn the same beanie that's actually now turning like it's like getting bleached out by the sun um Travis bought me we were like at some store and he's like I was like oh, I gotta find a I gotta find like headgear new headgear or something he probably knows the story better than I do but he like just grabbed a beanie off of it and he's like he's like here you go and it was that one nice. and i i just wore it ever since and for some reason it's just been like i've been super attached to it and same thing it's like super loose but it just feels good I, it looks cool it's always a beanie nothing else mhm yep sometimes i would get caught because it's i've always worn three layers it was always like my sandana a headband and then the beanie so every once in a while, the refs will do their check and it'll come through. And it's it's not even merely like I'm not doing it because like, oh, I'll get more bounces. Cause no, no. Right. It'll, it'll fucking break on my head. It's literally just that's what feels comfortable to me. And and uh, every once in a while, they'll check and they'll be like, you get a fucking you got to take off a layer, dude. I was like, oh, OK. 
It's my first time. <laughs> I don't know what and I'm the doing. Next match, it's right back to normal. Yep. And whenever you saw me out there with just a sandana and a headband, that's when you know they were checking for layers at yeah. that time. I'm so weird yeah. when it comes to shit like that, dude. But so Pando players are weird. That, when I went and played the Ultimate Shootout this year, it was in July in Texas. Ooh. Okay. So I live in Wisconsin. That's way too hot for me. I'm like, oh boy, what am I doing? Right. Um, so I was contemplating on not wearing the beanie. And obviously I did. I couldn't do it. It just, no. you can't play paintball without it. So, Head so down. yeah, that, that, I guess that'd be my thing. Yeah. It's a part of your Got ensemble. It. What, uh, what size barrel do you shoot? I don't know. Most. <laughs> The the standard the standard barrel. Six, eight, Damn it, dude! Six, eight, you have nine. you don't know anything about what <laughs> if you're you're dude. just like I'll just fucking take it and put it on. It, I just the gun shoots straight. It shoots good. I'm I'm ready to go. So what, what do you prefer, a CS2 or a GO4 or an LV? I, I the CS2 shoots great for me. Yeah. Um, when the CS series came out, uh, the infamous CSR Pro. Is that the skull back? Uh, no, it wasn't a skull back. It was a CSR Pro. I'm not sure what year, mm-hmm. but when I shot that gun, I was like instantly like uh, hooked on the CS series. I'm like that gun just shot so smooth, and you know from there on out the CS2, you know the infamous CS2, now the Pro DNA CS2, like they just they yeah. shoot so good. So they are um, good, man. You know, and like the thing about Eclipse is they're like the lowest maintenance gun out there you know you take it out of your bag it's gonna shoot it's gonna work good you know you do the basic maintenance stuff and that's all you gotta do to it yeah. and it's always good so um yeah they yeah have you shot great. any other any other markers during your career uh yeah uh we, you know i had the vanquish for a little while oh, with that's Infamous. right yeah um, and then my early years on Aftershock, we were still DMs. So mm. DM7, DM8. That's right. And then 09, we went to the Ego. So, and then when I was with Outlaws, I shot the LV for a long time. The Gunslinger LV. <laughs> so, yeah. So, um, but yeah, Eclipse, majority of my career. Yeah. So. Yeah, they're good, man. They're 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 on top for a reason. That's for sure. Yeah. Um. So you're with Infamous now. What uh, what are you guys missing? Because obviously, I'm not and I'm I'm not trying to insinuate that you guys are uh, lacking something, but to be able to get to Sunday and perform on Sunday, what kind of what are you guys? What do you guys need to work on? What are you missing? Do you know? Um. So. When I first joined Infamous, we were a top-tier team and, you know, kicking ass and all that kind of stuff. And then we did go through that rebuild. Um, you know, the rebuild was painful. You know, you, you you learn more about yourself as a player. You learn about these other guys and stuff like that. And we were able to muster up some Sundays and play some decent paintball, but it never got, like, that next-level stuff. Um, going into this year, I was really jacked about the team um knowing we we had some we had a great off season the year prior to covid year and i was like thrilled so we went out in vegas we went two and two um and or one and three i think 
but we lost like every match we lost we lost by one point I know so it was like super you. close yeah um and then world cup we went out two and two we barely missed the cut we should have went three and one but we just didn't play well at all our last match and yeah so like going into this year if anything it'd be like continuity between players mm-hmm. you know i never played with mike wearing before um never played with uh harrison well i did play with harrison really shortly but never you know for the pro team or anything like that yeah um fry's got those shifty eyes you gotta watch them yeah and then greg and i played a couple seasons together on aftershock a couple canadian tournaments together but we you know it was literally bringing together you know like our four guys we had and four brand new guys to all play together and get it all you know worked out and we just didn't have the time to do it with this Mm -hmm. year so um coming into 2021 you know i can't wait yeah and they're all great players man yeah we're ready we feel good going in this year and um you know we're already discussing you know a big practice prior to even like the event practices and Mm -hmm. um yeah so if if anything that we were lacking it was just lacking the teamwork lacking the uh the time that we needed to put put in together um you know some people don't know but infamous like we all live in different places nobody lives close to each other yeah so like we just fly in and you know we do the thing and um you know in this day and age in paintball where teamwork is so important and uh it's it's tough to put it all together and like you say five practices mm-hmm. prior to every event you know five days of paintball so um but yeah going into 2021 we got some more time under our belt and uh we got to know everyone a lot better and how they play and uh we're ready bring it on are you guys uh you guys adding to your roster at all or you is it pretty much so we we, we picked up ryan hall um, oh that's right yeah dallas camp yep and then uh, we added Jonah Jamrose, who was one of my divisional guys. So he played cup with us, but he's a Wisconsin guy. Um, and then uh, Nate Trader is going to come back for us this year too. Hey. So he never left the team or anything like that. He just had some shoulder surgeries and stuff. So um, we'll be we'll be full force. Nice. We're, we're ready. That's awesome, so. dude. Well, I. I, I wish you guys the best of luck and uh you know it's it's cool seeing him a, a midwest guy uh just getting at it up there in uh in wisconsin and i'm glad the programs up there that you're running are uh are very successful and uh it's just good to be around paintball man and uh i, I wish you the best of luck coming up in this season i appreciate it man thanks for having me on um i just tell this to everyone but paintball is one of the greatest things that's ever happened to me and a lot of people that I've met and that got to know and through this, it's just, it's awesome. So anyone that wants to reach out and play paintball and do these things, like don't be scared, don't be timid, you know, go to your local field, reach out to people. Um, there's, there's always a helping hand somewhere. So um, run around and shoot guns. That's what it's all about. <laughs> play paintball. Yeah. Hell yeah, brother. So. Take care, man. Have a good one. All right, man. Talk to you later. Peace out. Thank you for your time, Cody. Appreciate it, bud. Good luck, and uh, I really hope you guys do well this year. And continue the grind, my friend. Continue the grind. Another big shout-out to our sponsors, Melavio and Charm City. 
uh, Melavio, a wonderful CBD company that I've been using products now for a few years and have had nothing but uh, great luck. Uh, I wouldn't say luck. I mean, he puts a lot of, he puts everything into this product. And I've been a proponent of CBD for a while now, especially since I've come across Melavio um, and, and what he does for his company along with Paintball itself. Um, he's just a believer, man. And it's, it's amazing. It's amazing stuff. Again, make sure you head over to M-E-L-L-O-V-E-O.com and, uh, and find yourself a little product that you enjoy. They have capsules. They have the salve. They have the oils. They have CBD products for pets. They have all kinds of stuff. If you like gummies, they have those as well. Uh, they have the legal limit of THC in them, which is hardly anything, 0.003 or something like that. So you don't have to worry about, uh, about feeling anything like that, um, any psychedelic side effects. There are none in the CBD. So uh, hit them up, TPOP, for 15% off. Thank you, Melavio. And also a big thank you to Charm City. Uh, Mike hit it up in Florida for the 10-man right now. He is, uh, he's killing it. But if you guys are looking for any kind of headband or head wrap, anything like that, uh, if you don't see anything on the site that really catches your eye, contact him anyway because he is he's all about figuring out what works for for everyone. And he's he, he loves what he does, and you can tell in the quality of work. But I'm sure you'll find something that you enjoy. So make sure you tell him that, uh, that Carl from the Playing On podcast sent you over there. And give them a little winky-dink, winky-dink. And it's good stuff, man. Just try it on. I promise you, you will not be disappointed. Thank you to our sponsors. And thank you to everyone listening. Very much appreciated. Get out there, play some paintball this year. I know I'm going to. And uh, I can't wait. It's going to be a great season. And it's just going to be a great year overall for paintball. Um, and hopefully this, uh, this little thing called COVID kind of just... Washes away. Take your zinc. Take your vitamins. Stay healthy. Don't text and drive. Please keep your eyes on the road. Listen to podcasts like this one. And we'll see you again here soon on the Playing On Podcast. Peace.